Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. From ABC, this is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. Hello. Uh, We have, you may have noticed, spent the past few episodes on this show talking with black and white Americans about the issue of race. But for this episode, I wanted to get the view from outside, way outside. So I called up a man on the other side of the planet who is widely recognized to be one of the world's greatest living meditation masters. Yange Mingyur Rinpoche is the author of such books as The Joy of Living and In Love with the World. He's only in his mid-40s, which is young by my standards, but as the child of another great meditation master, he actually began doing long meditation retreats in his teens. He now teaches all over the world with centers on five continents. He's known for his candor and humor. We cover an enormous range of topics here, including love, hate, panic, boredom, relationships, death, and whether we humans are fundamentally good. And as a bonus, he guides a brief meditation toward the end. Quick audio note before we dive in here. Mingyur Rinpoche spoke to us from his busy home in Kathmandu, Nepal, so you will occasionally hear some background noises, including barking dogs. Try to use your practice to just let it go. Here we go with Mingyur Rinpoche. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, Tashi the Lake. Tashi the Lake. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. So far. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? In Nepal, Kathmandu. Oh, wow. Kathmandu. So is it uh, evening there? Yes, we are now evening 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Okay. Well, thank you so much for making time for us. Most welcome. Well, let me just ask you, I'd be just curious to hear how you are. We're at a point of so much pain across the world for human beings all over the world. So uh, how are you taking all of this in? Yeah, I mean, the, this is so much suffering, a lot of kind of like problem everywhere in the world. So for me, uh, what I can do is I pray. I'm doing now kind of like uh, relax meditation retreat. I, I teach on the internet, but other than that, I pray all the time and I'm teaching meditation to whoever want to kind of like listen. And for my personal level, I'm doing quite well, actually. I can study a lot. I can do my meditation retreat. I'm making farm, you know, a lot of organic vegetables, doing some exercise. So for my personal level, it's good. I want to hear what kind of exercise you're doing, but I also want to know, um, uh, when you say pray, because in, in, in my understanding of Buddhism, to the limited extent to which I've practiced it in my own life, there is there is no creator god so who do you pray to in in when you pray i pray for this pandemic will soon i pray for world peace i dedicate my meditation and of my meditation i dedicate my virtue to the world to the people who suffer this pandemic something like that so it's not prayer in the way a uh Christian or a Jewish or a Muslim person might pray. It's more cultivating the wish inside of yourself for the suffering of other beings to be diminished. Yes, yes. So kind of like sending my love, 
my compassion, and centering my virtues from my heart. Hmm. What impact does that kind of prayer, as you call it, have on you? I think for me, that really makes me calm, peaceful, and uh, I get some kind of energy, although there's a lot of chaos around us. But this prayer really helps me to be more peaceful and more resilient, I think. And then I can teach also at the same time. And whatever I can help from limitation, of course, from my side. So it's really helped me also. I feel this helps also others in a way. It helps others because it makes you more resourceful and, and, and better able to help others, or it helps others just through the power of your mind? Of course, I think both, but self and others are independent, you know. So we all kind of like relying on each other. So the prayer has very powerful motivation. This dedication has powerful love, compassion. And that really, I mean, change the way how we act to the others, the way how we help to the others. So if everybody has this love, compassion, dedication, pray through heart, I think the world become a better place. Hmm. But it's not so much that you think if you cultivate the wish for all beings to be relieved of their suffering, that somehow it's going to happen simply because you cultivated the wish or because some deity will make it happen. It sounds like something more subtle than that. Uh, we believe that the power of mind, you know, really strong. So what we believe is uh, we all have this great uh, innate goodness. Everybody has this um, wonderful nature within us. So what we call everybody has wisdom, love, compassion, awareness, skill, positive energy, a lot of things within us, around us. The problem is we are we don't see it. So normally what I call 10-finger perception. So if we have 10 qualities within us, nine of them positive and one of them negative, what we see is only the negative one. We don't see nine positive qualities within ourselves. So if you don't see, then almost become we don't have it. So if you have the best watch in the world, if you don't know that is watch, Watch cannot tell you time, although the watch is the best in the world. So therefore, the power of mind, it doesn't have limitation. It helps to recognize within yourself, and it will help to others too. If I was interested in doing this kind of practice, what, what, is that, what are the instructions? What, is, what does the practice look like in, inside of a, an individual mind? I think first important is we need to begin by appreciation. So try to appreciate just simple things. I have this wonderful breath. How nice. And I have senses. I can hear and see whatever you have. Wonderful. I'm still alive. Wonderful. So just simple thing, which is, is not simple, of course. It's really, really great to have this breath, isn't it? It's like magic, actually. But we don't see it. So then also appreciate about people around you and about the world, whatever you can. 
So then begin really allows to us to see things that we never see before and appreciate a lot of things manifest. And you see this within others, then that is the real love, you know. The love really comes when the sense of lovable, when the sense of sweetness within others. So it's not just empathy and sympathy, but there's a really opening heart. In Tibetan, what we call Nyingje is, is the meaning of love and compassion. Nying meaning heart. Je meaning cute, lovable, um, precious. It's so interesting you talk about love, and it's something I uh, think a lot about. We talk a lot about love on this show, and yet again, and this is a common theme among many of our guests, you're talking about love, not the way Hollywood talks about love, <laughs> where there's string music and uh, a clever plot twist and misunderstandings that get resolved in a dramatic way toward the end, right. et cetera, et cetera. It's not romantic love. It's the capacity we all have to yes. see the best in other people. Yeah. And yourself. Yourself and other people. Yes. Well, that's a key addition you just made there, and yourself, because I think, I know you've worked with many Western students in the West, we often overlook that part. Right. Have you seen that a lot in your Western students, the overlooking the, the love toward oneself? I mean, sometimes, like one time I kept teaching about love and compassion, and I told everybody that love and compassion is there within us 24 hours, and then I mean, the, many people are very happy about that. Then as soon as I finish my teaching, I come out of the hall. There's one man waiting there. And he said, excuse me, can I say something? I said, yes, of course. And he said, your teaching is wonderful. You tell everybody that they all have love and compassion all the time. But I want to, you know that I don't have that. I almost hate myself 24 hours. So... I just want to let you know. Then I asked him, uh, why you come here? And he said, to learn from you. Then I asked him, why you want to learn from me? He said, I want to free this hatred, hate myself. I don't like this. I want to be happy. And I told him, that is love. <laughs> you, you have care about yourself. You know, there's care. There's love. You came all the way and take, took this um, time, energy, the buy this flight ticket. So there's a lot of love and care there, but we are not recognized. The problem is we are not recognized. These are there within ourselves, yes. So these capacities that we've talked about in what has thus far been a short conversation, but I hope will we'll continue for a while. We've been talking about love, the capacity to see the best in others and wish for the best for others, and ourselves. Yeah. So externally and internally focused love, which of course love is omnidirectional, so it's all one thing. But I wonder for people who are listening to this, they may they may feel not able to put this into practice because mm -hmm. we're under so much pressure. So we've been locked in our homes, we may have lost our jobs, we may be fearful about losing our jobs in in my country if we have black skin, 
we may look at the video, which I suspect you have seen, of George Floyd. Yes, I heard of that. With his neck under under the knee of a police officer for nearly nine minutes. And we may see ourselves in George Floyd's face and hear ourselves in his pain. And we may be under all of this pressure and think, I can't do what this nice gentleman, this meditation teacher is advising I do. I don't feel up to it right now. Yeah, of course, that's true, whatever you, what you mentioned. And I'm very sad about that. And also, I'm praying every day. Whenever I meditate, I dedicate for him and all the people who suffer through this. And yes, when we begin to learn meditation, normally, for me also, when the beginning, when I learned meditation, actually, I had panic attacks when I was young, around panic developed with me around seven, eight years old, and then continued then my father told me that oh the basic level of panic is love and compassion i thought it's impossible because a panic is a lot of fear i cannot sleep uh, i'm so much fear of strangers and the thunderstorm snowstorm so and i sometimes i feel like my neck is tight i'm going to die right now maybe i'm having heart attack how come this is come from love and compassion so, of course, at the beginning, we see it's impossible. But then, I mean, the love and the compassion, it doesn't mean that you have to say everything, yes, even though wrong, you have to say, right, you are right, uh, even though you did wrong, but I have to say you're right. That's not the way of love and compassion. So, the real meaning of love and compassion is something which is a benefit, and that benefit, whatever you want to see these others and wish to help and wish to free them within yourself and other is kind of the opposite of the selfish. So that develops slowly, slowly. The first step I think important is we need to see this love and compassion feeling within ourselves. I think that's really important, the first step. It's so interesting what your dad said to you about looking at panic and seeing the love and compassion in that. What I heard as somebody, just so you know, I've suffered from panic attacks for a while. Right. Both both when I'm in public, public speaking is very scary for me, and I also have claustrophobia, so elevators are scary. And when the panic comes on, it feels so treacherous and so dangerous but I guess one way to think about it is this is my body trying to protect itself. Yes. Of so course. there's love underneath all that. Underneath that. Yep. Yeah. But we filter our conceptual mind filter and exaggerate it. And uh, normally with this practice, what we, the first step is we need to kind of like feel that the feeling of always wanting to be free, wanting to have happiness, looking for something good, meaningful, their sense of wanting to come home, that is always there within us. And there's another sense is we don't want to have problem. We don't want to have suffering. We don't want to have obstacle. We don't want to have kind of like a meaningless thing. So that two aspect, uh, two sides of one coin. So this kind of feeling is within us all the time. Right now, I'm 
having conversation with you. This conversation, why we want to have this, coming out of this feeling, wish to be happy, wanting to free from problem, suffering. And each movement of my body is also coming from there. Normally when I teach meditation, and the people sit like, you know, cross hand like this one put outside and change another hand put outside again and change leg position. Each movement is looking for happiness. If you sit one position too long, it's become uncomfortable, become suffering. You need to avoid that. You're looking for something else. So what I call each breath is looking for happiness. If you stop breath for a few seconds, you feel suffer. Not only the each eyes bling also looking for happiness. So actually, who we are is the full of love and compassion, embodiment of love and compassion. So we don't see that first. So therefore, not only that, behind each emotion, behind each thought, is also love and compassion. So this is really important to recognize when we see that, then that is the first step. There's a lot of aha moment for me mm-hmm. when I was young. So it's mm-hmm. really nice to see this. So I just want to pick up on that aha moment to make sure that I understand it. Yes. And and please excuse me because it takes me a while to understand things. But if if I'm a, if I'm listening to this and I'm in the United States of America yes. and I, well, of course, we do have listeners who are outside the United States of America. So shout out to you guys. But if I'm here and, and I'm looking at what's happening on TV and with the violence in the streets uh, and I'm feeling it, particularly if I'm black and I'm feeling like 401 years of trauma are all coming to the surface right now, or if. If I'm anybody anywhere in the world and I'm feeling so much fear because of this pandemic and I might tell myself a story, I can't do this work. What you're saying is. Even that feeling of I can't do this work or even the feeling of just wanting some sort of relief, every shift in your chair where you're looking for some level of comfort, that is all love. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So. What. What happened is the love is filtered by the selfish, the egoistic mind, the conceptual mind. So then it is become hatred, then it is become panic, then it is become self-hatred, all these things. But when you just be, let it be and just feel that feeling at the beginning, you will feel very uncomfortable. You feel really, really like feeling like embarrassed almost like unbearable feeling. You cannot be with that feeling. But just just be with it. You don't try to control it. Don't try to fight with it. Don't try to follow with it. Just be with it. Just be with it. Then you can see underneath it's love, actually. It's just looking for happiness, wanting to be free, wanting to be something nice, wanting to be help to yourself, help to others. So that is the fundamental nature of all the emotion and the thoughts. Hmm. Right. It doesn't mean it's all going to go away. This practice doesn't mean it's all going to go away. You have to go through it. Through it, yes. At the beginning, sometimes it gets worse, look like it gets worse. So much feeling that I 
at the beginning, the panic is look like getting worse for me. And then my father said, "That's a good sign." Like uh, he he gave me one example about like cup, the dirty cup. So the the things in the cup is dirty, but when it's dry, it doesn't see so bad, doesn't look so bad. Then when you want to clean that, drop put few drops of water, and then move, all the the dirty will come out. Look like the cup getting worse, but actually it's process of clean cleaning, process of process of purification. So therefore, sometimes it may happens, but the most of the time, when we feel it's getting worse because we are beginning to aware of that, actually it's not getting worse, but we feel like getting worse because of we aware of that. So we need to go through that. Okay, just be with it. Be with it. Be with that feeling is also meditation, is awareness, and then underneath we can discover this love and compassion. I'm going to keep asking you questions from uh, the perspective of somebody in America. I apologize for that, uh, but but the stories here are so powerful yes. in our culture of what's happening right now. But if we're talking about love and compassion, which we certainly are, yes, there's so much hatred and anger. Where I sit right now. Yes. I had protesters marching by my house last night. Not oh. that those protesters are all motivated by hatred or anger. They're not. A lot of it is motivated by love, of course. But this is not a something that I'm just watching on TV. This right. is a real story for, for many of us here. And so there's so much political division here. We We do. Some of us hate the people with whom we disagree. And so I wonder what your thoughts are about from the outside, from the other side of the world, about how individual Americans can practice in the face of so much division and mistrust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, normally in the, my meditation tradition, of course, to don't be under control by hatred, but then to develop, to remember, go back to the our innate goodness, sometimes what we call our true nature, our original nature, which is love, compassion, awareness, wisdom, skill. So many good things are there. So go back into there and then you act out. So when you, when you do action, they have what we call four ways, peaceful, enriched, magnetizing, and powerful activities. So not just peaceful, everything's okay, peace, <laughs> not like that. Not powerful, always fighting and fighting, not like that. So really basic motivation is love and compassion. Then how to help? Sometimes peaceful, peaceful like peace, patience, really be nice. Sometimes develop, something need to increase, something need to enhance, something need to enrich. And some that magnetize, inspire, role model, magnetic power mostly comes from the inspirations, role model. You don't have to special make peace, you don't have to enrich or give anything, just role model, just peace. And sometimes there's powerful activities which is they follow to the ground law, follow to the you start and you let go and really need to have some energy. Powerful things also need to be there. So but the important is really go back to this love and compassion 
and out of that with the wisdom, not with the stupid of the hatred. You know. So the, with the wisdom, even you become very powerful, forceful. But it is through wisdom and through compassion. Sometimes it's okay. So let me let me ask you. Let me make this very practical. Mm-mm. So I'm sitting. I'm watching TV, and some politician or some person comes on and says something that I disagree with, and I notice that I get angry. Mm-mm. What do I do in that moment? So for me, what do I do? I see this lot of bad news on the TV many times. So then I go, I look at that person's as like me. So when you have this hatred. When you have this anger, do you have control? Can you control? No, not, not very well. Nobody cannot control, but we want to control. Nobody wants to be hate. Nobody wants to have panic. Nobody wants to have this kind of anger, depression. But then, when we have this, we are out of control because of ignorance, because of this egoistic mind filtered, because of this. Strong negative emotion. So, if you want to hate that person, you should hate the, this hatred, this egoistic mind within that person. Hmm. So, you have to separate hmm. the person from the person's emotion or the action of that person. Maybe you need to hate that person's action. So, for me, when I was young, my mother always said, "You action is no good." She never said, "You no good." So I think this is really important to see this for us. So, if there are people in our immediate environment or on television who are doing things that make us feel hatred, to separate their actions or their egoistic mind from who they are fundamentally underneath. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But that would require us to believe, as you said before, that people are fundamentally good. In our culture, as you know, there is this idea of original sin. What do you say to folks who who think that actually no, we are not fundamentally good; we're fallen. So for us, uh, what we believe is um, this basic inner goodness. So we don't believe that people are by nature is this uh, uh, impure. Sometimes what we call kata in Tibetan word kata, meaning the original purity. So ka meaning the original from beginning, and ta meaning purity. So that's what we believe. So, and and actually, when you look around, you can see that you know why people are really with. I mean, people are really excited to see bad news because bad news are not the normal. It is very rare. Good news, oh yes, of course, of course. Uh, when you see good news on the television, of course. But there's something bad news, oh, because this is really um, not normal. So, ninety percent, even though we are a lot of hatred, a lot of ignorance, a lot of selfish there, service level, but still the manifesting these good things. Ninety percent within us, around us. Right, so it's back to what you said at the beginning that we overlook so much good that's right there, but because of our negativity bias, we yes. look at the negative because it's the most exciting in some ways. Yeah, 
Yeah. So we see one negative. We exaggerate 90%. And the nine good things we ignore. We don't see it. You said you've been doing a lot of teaching online since the pandemic began. What kind of questions are you getting from people? What are people, your students, concerned about and struggling with at this time? Yeah, so I think the most people, the question is around this pandemic time. They're at home. How to deal with my bottomness? How to deal with the, uh, the, the worry and the panic? And how to develop a relationship? Um, and how to meditate? Something like those questions. What do you say about boredom? I said this is a great opportunity now uh, to really look into ourselves. So, of course, everybody wants to have this time for ourselves, time for like this. But then we don't have it because of so much busy. We have so many to-do lists and we have to follow that. And it's very expensive, I heard of that, to have time off. But now it comes automatically. So this is a great opportunity to explore yourself. There's a, what we call the great treasure within yourself to discover it, to explore it. So to sit with the boredom and see what's there. Yep. Yeah, and then you can do something creative. You can do some study. For me, I'm looking ancient meditating books and recall my teachings way back, 20 years back. And then the doing every day something uh, with my brother and mom, uh, family gathering, uh, making vegetable farm, and doing exercise. What kind of exercise do you do? I do mostly walking, and I do a little bit like, I have this kind of like, uh, how do I say, I create myself jumping breath. It's almost like, um, like jumping rope, but the, with the, arm like this and with the breathing <laughs> so i created jumping breath really helps sometimes i do that more of my conversation with ming your rinpoche after this this show is brought to you by better help i gotta tell you i feel so much better when i talk about my anxiety instead of keeping it bottled up there's an expression that I first heard from the great researcher and also Zen practitioner Robert Waldinger, never worry alone. Our temptation many times is to keep it bottled up, but the data really show that the people who do the best in life, who live the longest and are the happiest, have strong relationships with people with whom they can talk about whatever's going on in their lives. And for me, therapy is part of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you might give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash happier today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash happier. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected after investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns. T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, when you switch to T-Mobile, families and small businesses can save up to 20% 
versus Verizon and AT&T. Visit your neighborhood store or T-Mobile.com to switch. Plan savings with T-Mobile, third line free on essentials via monthly bill, credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. You mentioned gardening a couple times. What's the what's the appeal of gardening for you? I have some uh, land near my house, so it's empty land. So we plant a lot of vegetables. Now it's become organic, and my mom really enjoy. You know, sometimes I cook for my mom, and she said, "I'm you cook really good, excellent. You know, you're excellent cook." <laughs> <laughs> You've come a long way from when she told you your actions were bad when you were a kid. <laughs> You also said that a lot of your students are asking you questions about relationships. Yes. Relationships are hard to manage right now because we're we're seeing so much of one another or we're seeing so much of ourselves because we're we're on our own. What kind of advice do you give to people when they ask about relationships? I think some people has problem but many of them what they said, "Wow, this is a great time that we can really be with my husband and wife or family, help each other, discuss so many interesting things. Actually, they love become more, more deeper bound. But some people, of course, there's a kind of like a lot of time. If they don't like each other, then it's become more intensive. But what I recommend is normally what we call relationship is um, in order to keep relationship, we really kind of like accept the impermanent. So what we call life is like wave of the ocean. It's called up and down, up and down. Nobody is perfect. So normally what I call is if you are looking Mr. Perfect and Mr. Perfect, then you will never find. So just look Mr. Okay and Mrs. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so except everybody has some problem. It's okay. And then another thing is because need to change our interests, our feeling will be bored if we don't kind of like keep the interest. So learn each other every day, do something new things together mm-hmm. to explore, do some creative things. And so every day there's something learning, something doing, explore, there's something new things. And that really helps to, I think, the love become what I see is um, because a lot of my students, many of them want to have some uh, interviews and a lot of questions comes like that. So I recommend them and they feel very happy about that. Are you married? No, I'm not married. No. In your lineage, people, the Rinpoche's, they, do, they can get married, right? Yeah, some married. My brother's married and some of them, are, Rinpoche's, are married, yes. So have you made the decision not to get married or you're still uh, thinking yeah, about it? Yeah, I thought that a long time back. Um, so then I decided to do not married. Hmm. Why? Um, I mean, the, I see there's a lot of marriage people around me and there's a lot of uh, sufferings around that. So for me, what I think is if I remain single, I have a lot of time for teaching and helping many other people. 
and also explore my uh, what I want. Normally, is I want to do a lot of retreats. I want to do something like that. So that is uh, really kind of like um, I have two things in my life. Uh, my wish. One is I really like to teach teach meditation because when I was young, I had panic attacks, and after that, I learn meditation because of this meditation. Panic become my teacher. What I call panic become my best friend. So I kind of break through. So so much benefit for me. I have deep appreciation about this lineage of meditation. I have always a passion to teach this. So when I teach, I don't feel tired. And I feel very happy. And another thing is I want to do retreat for myself, like solitary retreat. So these two things, like almost like my life dedicated for that. So, so then now I feel very appreciated and feel very happy about what I'm doing. Yeah, so you, you may not remember this, but uh, you were on this podcast once before and you were in New York City. We sat together and you told me about some of the long retreats you've done, including a long wandering retreat where you went out, you left the monastery and went sort of roaming by yourself, very little resources. And you got so sick at one point that you nearly died. Uh, And that that experience was incredibly meaningful to you to be that close to death. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the best time in my life. Actually, I just walked out from my monastery from I have monastery in India, Bodh Gaya. So I just one day I just walk with uh, a few thousand Indian rupees. Other than I don't have much, so I just walk out and then that few thousand rupees finished within three weeks. Then I have to bag the food, and I got food poison. So I have diarrhea, vomiting for few days, for five days. In the end, I feel like. I'm dying, lose senses, cannot see, cannot hear, and my body become paralyzed. But then I continued to meditate. So uh, rest in awareness. So that is a great discovery. Awareness become more clear, the sense of love, the sense of joy. But this conceptual mind is gone. Now what we uh, normally is blah, 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 yada, yada. So there's not, <laughs> this is gone. There's no time, no front. No back, so vast. So I was in that state about six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. So when I come back, then I feel like the street become like my home. Before I feel like why I'm here, you know, there's a lot of dogs, mosquitoes, unsafe, danger, you know. So when I come back, the unsafe feeling is gone. So it feels like the street is like my home. So what I call, if you love the world, world loves your back. So I wrote a book about this, my retreat called In Love with the World. So I mentioned about this, my story about my wandering retreat. Hmm. Earlier on in our conversation, you talked about how you've been using this time during the lockdown to look at ancient books. Yes. uh, In the Buddhist tradition. Can you say more about that? That's interesting to me. Yeah, so we have these five kind of like main subjects about the ancient book. One is Abhidharma. Abhidharma is, uh, tells about how our mind works. What we call this um, a mind that does a matter. Then the mind, which is the feeling level and the conceptual level. 
and the habitual level, and just pure conscious level. Total, what we call five skandhas. The matter is first skandha, and then feeling, all the feeling. Feeling there's six sense feelings with eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. Very detailed level of the feelings mind. Then there's conceptual mind, the cognitive mind, and then the habitual mind, which is unconscious level, and that really drives us with the unvolu- how to say in- involuntary. Yes. Yeah. Then there's pure consciousness. So there are five skandhas. So lot of about those this abhidhamma, and another is the vital cognition, the logic, to really analyze the nature of the reality. So analytical meditation. Another is the madhyamaga, meaning the middle way. Everything should be balanced, and this talks about the interdependent and emptiness. So emptiness meaning kind of like uh, to see the nature of ourself is is unborn. Actually, you are not born, so you're not going to die. So it's kind of like really interesting. There is luminosity. There's a clarity. There's awareness. So uh, the middle way, the madhya, the middle way or madhya maga. Then there's a prancha paramita, the wisdom, and this explains the stage of the kind of like meditation experience, step by step. The wisdom, there's a lot of wisdom, meditation experience, step by step. Last is the vinaya, the rules, the discipline about um, the ethics. So we have these five volumes. Yeah, I started to read. Uh, you know, you you mentioned the prajna paramita. I think that was the fourth of the volumes you yes. mentioned. And I, I was started to read actually just last night the a book of uh, translation and commentary on the Diamond Sutra and mm. the Heart Sutra. Right. I think it'd be interesting for a, a lot of people in the West. They either study mindfulness or meditation from a secular standpoint, or we have a big uh, influence in this country, as you know, of um, Theravada or insight meditation but at least in my world, there are a lot of people who don't know much about the, the later teachings in the Prajnaparamitas. Uh, so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about those. Yeah, I think the Prajnaparamita is the really talk about the wisdom. So uh, I mentioned before, we all have awareness, wisdom, love and compassion, isn't it? So that is the what we talk about the wisdom. So the wisdom, this basic innate wisdom within all of us, is there within us. So according to Prancha you are perfect right now, right here. Hmm. So to discover this uh, wisdom, first we just, just be aware. So what we call the clarity of mind. The clarity of mind meaning the mind is like lamp. It's just like lamp, uh, the, the candle lamp. So the lamp has two uh, quality. One is lamp is the light. So what we call self-luminosity. The Another one is the lamp illuminating things around. So that is the your consciousness, your mind actually. So here the consciousness, the mind, the awareness, the meaning. So right now you can hear this my 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 talk and you can see things there you can smell you can taste so this is the illuminating others everything that comes in the awareness but at the same time 
Your mind is awareness. Your mind is clarity. Your mind is luminosity, just like lamp is light. So then we begin to recognize that, and then we lose this dualistic mind, the subject and object. But when we lose dualistic mind, it doesn't mean you cannot see, you cannot hear. You can see, you can hear everything, even these senses, even open up. But what loses is the grasping, the ignorance, the as I mentioned before, the innate love, compassion, wisdom is filtered by conceptual mind. So this conceptual mind loses, but you are not lost. You have wisdom mind. You have love. You have compassion. So that's the real meaning of Pranjaparamita. Hmm. So Pranjaparamita meaning, Paramita meaning wisdom. Pranja meaning beyond wisdom, beyond knowledge. Great wisdom. <laughs> right. The phrase I think is gone beyond. Yes. That's the mantra. Tiyatha, gati, gati, paragati. So that's the, the name of the mantra. Gone, gone, gone beyond. Meaning, Pranjaparamita, same thing. So, so gone beyond of this uh, conceptual mind, even so-called wisdom mind. It's so interesting because we need the conceptual mind yes. to, to get us into practice, to understand the concept, to understand the concepts, of course, to understand the basics. And then we're in some ways using the conceptual mind to go beyond itself. Is it, am I stating that correctly? Yes. The mind beyond concept is there with you, actually. Without that mind, you cannot have conceptual mind. The conceptual mind is the layer outside there. So what we have example, wave and the ocean. So wave is conceptual mind, but without ocean, you cannot have wave. So actually, it's just there. And for that, we don't have to do anything. We, ha- we have to know how to be with that. So when we let go of doing, just being, we will discover. We will just, we, we will be just there. <laughs> it just occurred to me, I didn't go into this interview with a, pl- a whole plan. I've just been trying to listen to what you say and then react to it, yes. respond to it. You talked earlier about how much you love teaching meditation. Would you be open to doing a little practice right now? Yeah, why not? So maybe today we have a lot of discussion about the basic inner goodness and the Pranjaparamita wisdom, Abhidhamma. Maybe I will do what we call the open awareness meditation, which is uh, just be your mind with your mind itself. So you don't have to do anything. Just let it go, drop. So we have a lot of like um, doing a lot of try to uh, create, try to uh, control, try to increase something good, try to ignore or avoid something bad. A lot of these things there. But actually no need because you are perfect. Your fundamental nature is okay. So just drop everything. Be with whatever who you are. So then what happens is in that moment, your mind is just like, like sky. Although there's a cloud, but the cloud cannot change the nature of sky. 
So let's try this together and please keep your uh, spine loosely straight and relax your muscles in the body. And whatever feeling, sensation, just let, it, let, let them come, let them be. You don't need to pretend to be anybody. You don't need to act to be someone or somebody. Just be yourself, be free. If you don't want to smile, you don't need to smile. If you want to cry, you can cry. Now, slowly, deep breathe in. Let go. Just rest. Just be. Okay, that's all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny you say that's all because yes. This is <laughs> it's simple but it's incredibly it's incredibly deep and we should just be doing we should in my opinion be developing the habit of doing that over and over and over again. Yes, yes. Each time you learn more. Each time you learn more. Even you feel you cannot be. Allow that you cannot be. Even you feel that you're doing mistake. Allow to be mistake. Even you feel mm-hmm. you cannot relax. Allow that you cannot relax. When you allow that you cannot relax, that means you're relaxing. Well, that's love. Right, yeah. because I mean, I've been trying to rescue love from the land of cliche. But the way you talk about love, it, it's again, it doesn't need string music. It's like I sat here, I'm in my wife's closet, uh, and I what came up for me is I started planning what I'm doing later today, and then I felt a little trapped in this closet. And <laughs> okay, it's okay. That's that's. I heard your voice in my ears, and uh, uh, and I felt okay with whatever was coming up. That's that's love. Yes, that's the real love. So you allowed your mistake. You actually, in a way, it is really meaning of forgiveness. You allow that the pain. You allow whatever allowing. You don't need to control. You don't need to suppress. You don't have to worry. Just drop. Just be with it. So that is the really acceptance. Great acceptance. Acceptance. I think what I feel is this is kind of like. Uh, unconditional love. But you were clear before, and I think it's worth restating this before we close here. You were clear before that this acceptance, this love, this unconditional love is not resignation or passivity in the face of the problems of the world. Yeah. So it helps. If you transform normally, then that really Influence, great influence comes. So you maybe you, this kind of like contagious, you know. We have the virus contagious. Why not? Contagious, yes, yes. Contagious. We have love and compassion contagious. Awareness contagious. Mm. 
So this is a, if you want to change the world, then it will be chaotic, but you change yourself. Everybody want to change themselves, world will become a better place. So that is, I think, more powerful than um, atom bomb. <laughs> <laughs> more powerful than the atom bomb. We can change ourselves. We can be okay with ourselves. We can develop the capacity to be okay with other people. And that will allow us to get off our cushion, out of our chair, and engage in the world in a way where the world really needs people who are sanely trying to help others. So when you know you don't need to change, that means you're changed. Well, that's a beautiful note to end it on. Rinpoche, thank you very, very, very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate for your work, too. I can't can't get free to do this with my hands, but there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was me trying to raise my hands to offer a bow for... Rinpoche in the confined space of my wife's closet. Big thank you to Mingyur Rinpoche. Go check out his books. Really appreciate him spending time with us during this time. Big thanks, of course, to the team who works incredibly hard to make this show a reality. Samuel Johns, our lead producer. Our sound designers are Matt Boynton and Anya Sheshik of Ultraviolet Audio. Maria Wortel is our production coordinator. We get a, an enormous amount of valuable input from our TPH colleagues, Jen Poyant, Ben Rubin, Nate Toby. Also, big thank you to Ryan Kessler and Josh Cohan from ABC News. We'll see you on Friday with a bonus episode. If you like 10% Happier, and I hope you do, uh, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.